Well, good morning, Coastline family. As you can see behind me, uh, we have a snow day, which is a, a rare thing around here. So it's a blessing from the Lord that we get to hang out the day after Christmas and have a, a, a little bit of a postponed white Christmas. And, um, you know, we I, I always struggle when it comes to canceling live service the few times we've had to do that because, as I've said before, um, you know, gathering there's something special about that jesus promises a special blessing where two or more gathered in his name and being online together isn't necessarily the same thing though it is blessed me to hear that there's people actually gathering at each other's houses to do church together um watch it watch the live teaching and and do it together so that's awesome and um many of you have your families with you so you are gathering in some sense and and this is one of the benefits of technology in that we can um you open the word together in our own homes when it is unsafe to come out to the church. The reason I canceled this morning, just uh, knowing that not everyone has four-wheel drive vehicles or is comfortable driving on the road when there's snow and ice out there. And so I, I really hesitate in wanting to put kind of the staff and uh, the, serve, the people that serve in that position of doing something that they feel is unsafe or that they wouldn't want to do in order to kind of make a, a live service um happen and so wanted to give them the option to stay home and and it is just as easy to in my own dining room uh turn on the camera and 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 do a live teaching from here so that's what we're going to do today and i'm glad you could join us and uh we are going to kind of complete our advent series today as we've been going through the book of luke uh chapter 2 looking at the birth account of jesus christ and uh, I hope your guys' Christmas was merry and full of joy yesterday as we kind of talked about on Christmas Eve. Um, and today, um, I'm going to start out by just asking you guys a question, and that is how many of you or have any of you struggled with anxiety or being anxious and fearful about things in your life? Um, over the last 10 years... Uh, this, and this is something new in my life. I, I've had a couple panic attacks. Um, I can remember, uh, on our trip to Israel, uh, being, going through the, um, the tunnels of Hezekiah that he carved the aqueduct or whatnot where, or, uh, like where the water would flow through this tunnel. And as I was going through it, um, just kind of somebody was talking about how like, cause it's, it's a lot, you're walking through this tunnel. It's very narrow. Um, you're in like a single file line, so there's nowhere to go. Somebody was talking about, man, it'd be really horrible if, if there's like rain right now and this flooded. And my mind just started thinking like, man, I, I'm kind of trapped in here. I can't get out. And then I started sweating, started panicking. And I was able to calm myself down by basically turning on like my headphones, like and putting some Christian music on it. But it was, it was like, I, I'm not claustrophobic. So it was something that I'm not used to. And over the last, you know, 10 years, there's been a couple instances, especially traveling, like for ministry related stuff where, you know, leading up to the trip, like the day of just having kind of anxiety attacks and, and worry and, it, and it, it's a horrible feeling. And then my, my wife and one of my sons had a season where they were having anxiousness and anxiety to the point where it was debilitating, like couldn't get out of bed. They were so sick and it was so hard watching it's, you know, probably harder than even me going through it, watching those. I love go through something like that. And then often seeing that it, it was spiritual in nature, like, like it would always happen when they were, you know, like on the mornings of going to church or on the mornings of 
kind of doing something for the Lord. Like you just got the sense that the enemy was trying to discourage them from moving forward in what the Lord had for them and preventing them from doing those things. And I see that same thing in my life, right? So um, now maybe not all of us have struggled with the anxiety to that degree where it leads to sickness and, 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 and being debilitated. But I think it's safe to say that every single one of us has struggled with worry uh, at some time or another, you know, all throughout our lives. And and usually it happens when things don't go the way we think they we want them to go, or we kind of see that potential for something negative happening, and we start to think about it, we start to worry about about it. But you know, in some sense, we all struggle with this. And I think that um, no matter how hard you try, it, you'd probably agree that it's it's impossible to be a hundred percent worry free in your life or you've experienced that like you've never not worried about things all right that i guess that's what i'm trying to get at and worry is i think you would agree too a horrible feeling not something that you would want to choose to do uh, or feel on yourself if you could avoid it i mean no one likes being worried nobody likes being anxious no nobody likes anxiety and hence we have another reason why the news the angels told the shepherds and us and in Luke 2 is good news because in it we would learn how Jesus's birth into this world would allow for us to have uh, or be able to experience a persistent peace in our life. All right. So that's what we're going to kind of focus in on today. And let me go ahead and read the text and then I'll pray. Uh, this is the same text we've been in. I'm just going to read a shorter per- portion of it. And uh, it's starting in Luke 2 verse 8. And going through verse 14, it says that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that'll bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger, and suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Let me pray and we'll start talking about this last last thing these angels talked about. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, again, Lord, we'd much rather be gathering together at church and, and just worshiping you in spirit and truth at this moment. But Lord, we also just are so thankful we have you to trust in, in your sovereignty and in everything happening in our lives. And Lord, you have given us a snow day today. So I, I often think like the reasons that we just, we, we, we don't always understand, but maybe it's just uh, giving everyone a day off, a day off to hang out with their families and, and enjoy your creation. And and so, Lord, I pray that that would be the case for everyone that's tuning in today, um, that, you know, they just enjoy being home and, and, and taking in the word, being with their families and hanging out in the snow. Uh, we also just want to understand this, this principle we see in your scriptures today, knowing that this is something that applies to every single one of us and um, that we can struggle with this worry. And when you intend clearly in your word to give us peace, it's something in our relationship with you that you've, you saved us into and we want to live it in our lives. So Lord, for especially those that struggle with anxiousness and worry, I pray that this would be a word that you would minister to them where they come out of this 
being able to live in that truth in their life and in that freedom of not having to worry, Lord. So be with us this morning in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so this account of Jesus' birth that we spent the last couple gatherings discussing, I've already noted that there's three main aspects to this good news that these angels talked about. Um, last Sunday, we talked about who this good news was about, which we said it's about Jesus, uh, who was sent um, to save us. And then on Friday night, if you were at our Christmas Eve service, and again, these are all on our YouTube or Facebook pages. So if you missed them, you can you can follow, you can go back and watch them, listen to them so that you can catch up. But uh, on Friday, we talked about what this good news was intended to do as this good news of Jesus coming to save us is intended to bring great joy to our lives. Joy not being something that's possible to consistently have with anything in this world, but with Jesus, we can even when things aren't going the way we want. Today, we're going to look at why this good news was necessary in our lives. The answer being given in verse 14, where it says, Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. So the gospel or good news is necessary to bring us peace in our lives. And a better translation of verse 14 is glory to God in highest heaven in peace on earth to those whom are in God's will, all right? And Jesus tells us clearly what God's will is for us or for the people God created in John six twenty nine, where Jesus says, this is the only work God wants from you, or this is the will of God for you. Believe in the one he has sent. So believing in the good news of Jesus is what God wants for you or his will for you basically faith faith is the center of our relationship with jesus and it's never something like you just somehow learn it and go like oh i've got it down i know how to have faith no it's something we always have to go back to because we're always learning to have faith and faith is what leads to everything else that jesus intends for us joy peace hope everything is rooted in that faith to the degree you have faith will be the the degree you experience those things in your life, all right? And this will not only give us great joy, like we spent Friday talking about, but it'll give you peace. And as I said on Friday, peace and joy often go hand in hand, as it's hard to have one without the other. And as I discussed with joy, seeking to have peace in our lives is something that we're continuously striving for. It isn't like you ever want to worry about things on purpose. So we want to be at peace. And similarly to joy, we often attribute peace with things in our life working out the way we would like, or somehow our actions can control whether we have peace or not. But basically, that even though that's how we think about it, how how how's that worked out for you? Like like, even though we we attempt to make choices that bring us only peace in our lives. How many of us have peace 100% of the time? We, we don't. We fail at it, right? Even though that's what we think. And, and what we, what you would probably agree with me in is that lasting peace cannot and will never come through your circumstances in life working out the way you want because they never will work out the way you want 100% of the time. That's my dog in the background. That's the benefits of preaching from home. Um, and anyways, but as with joy, persistent peace, can't come through anything in this world. It can only come through Jesus Christ. And Jesus tells us this in John 14, 27, where he says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind, 
and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. Or basically, it's, it's a peace that's unlike anything you can find in this world. And he says, so don't be troubled or afraid. That's a command. And at the same time, a choice we have to make. He's saying, don't be afraid. You don't have to be afraid because of me. All right. So there is a peace you can have in this world. I'm not saying that you can't have peace at times in this world, but it's different than what he offers because, as I alluded to, it's, it's based on your circumstances. In essence, when things go the way you want, you're going to be at peace. And when they don't, you won't be at peace. But as I already mentioned, you know, they don't always go the way you want. And when they don't, that peace is gone. And then you often have anxiousness and worry. And we see this clearly in the world today because so many people are trying to base their peace on safety and health, right? Over the last couple of years with COVID and they're looking for people and doctors and, and the news, whatever else to tell them what to do in order to feel safe. But does any, does that safety or that feeling, of, are they ever able to attain that? No, because um, people, no matter who they are, no matter how, how educated they are, they do not have the power to guarantee your safety, all right? And their promises inevitably of trying to guarantee your safety always end up proving themselves to fail. And you should be able to see that, you know, like through the last couple of years. Only God has the power to make the promise, a promise like that. And with it comes this lasting peace, uh, basically by putting your faith in him instead of putting your faith in other things, all right? Because his peace isn't dependent on your circumstances going the way you want. Because you understand that God is in control of those circumstances and has promised to show grace or favor towards you. So they don't have to go the way you want because of the promises that he's made, whether things appear to be going the way you want or not. He hasn't promised all things are going to be good in your life, all right? But he has promised he will work all things for your good. And there's a difference, okay? Some You don't want to get caught up in thinking that something bad's happening to you and so somehow God's not keeping his promises because he's quite honest that things are, you're going to have tribulation, you're going to have hard things that happen as a result of living in a sinful world. Those are not, God's not the author of evil, it's not because of God, but because you live in a sinful fallen world, you are affected by the sin around you and you're affected by your own bad choices, okay? But what he says is that He's going to show his grace upon grace upon you as his child. So basically, even in the bad things that have negative repercussions, he is working those things for your good. And you might, you don't always see that at first. I mean, when you're going through something hard, but it's something that over time you recognize like, oh, I see how God was using this for my good. And in hindsight, you will always be able to see that, whether that's on this side or, or the next side, like in heaven. You will recognize that one day that God is keeping that promise. And you can have peace in that even when things aren't going the way that you would choose for yourself. But in order for God's grace to be guaranteed in your life, you have to be at peace with him first. Hence your need for a savior. As you needed to be saved from your sin in order to be at peace with God and have a relationship with him. And through faith in Jesus, peace with God was made possible. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. And this is another reason why this is good news, what these angels announced in Luke 2. Because it wouldn't only just bring us great joy, but in through Jesus, real peace, lasting peace, peace despite your circumstances, was all of a sudden made possible through faith in him. But as with joy, many of us, 
despite that our followers of Jesus that have been Christians for a long time, we still struggle with this, right? We, we're saved, we believe in God, but we inevitably worry about things. So again, this is something like joy that you have to learn, that we learn through our relationship with God over time. He teaches us how to live in that peace. And ultimately, the same three things I shared on Christmas Eve that lead to joy are also what will lead to peace in your life. Those being, number one, surrendered to, number two, accepting of, and number three, obedient to God's will for you. Or in essence, trusting in your circumstances that they're, they're because they're from God or he's allowing them. He's not always, like I said, he's not the author of evil, but he's in sovereign control. So you're trusting in your circumstances, knowing he's in control of everything. Instead of worrying about and trying to flee from them, because of your faith in God, knowing who he is and that he's with us and he's looking after us. That's what helps you endure instead of worrying and running from trials in your life. All right. Instead of trying to avoid them. Theologian Donald Barnhouse had this to say regarding this principle. If we seek to change our circumstances, we will jump from the frying pan into the fire. We must be triumphant exactly where we are. It is not a change of climate we need, but a change of heart. The flesh wants to run away, but God wants to demonstrate his power exactly where we have known our greatest place of distress, embarrassment, or discontentment. I love that because I think for any of us that have been a Christian for a while, we understand that God's power is most strongly shown and demonstrated to us and other people in the midst of hard things, in the midst of suffering. And that is where we truly see the victory he has promised us as he brings us through those things, all right? Not necessarily working them the way we want or we would choose, but despite it going away that we don't want, we see him bring us through it okay, and we actually see him use it for our good. That's where the victory, the real victory is, all right? Because you can't have that apart from Jesus Christ. So if we're worried about something, it shows that we, in a sense, have a lack of faith or we're struggling with our faith in God and his promises because he tells us in 1 John 4, 18, such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. This perfect love is from God. That's the such love he John's talking about. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment and this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. So if we're worried, if we're struggling with anxiousness, it's because we're fearful something bad is going to potentially happen to us, all right? We're, we're fearing punishment, but through God's love, we have to remind ourselves that nothing truly bad can happen to us, even though, the, or because even the, the bad things that lead to suffering in this world are being worked for your good, all right? So I said this on, on Friday night, if you were there. What we have to remind ourselves is the very things that the enemy would use to try to harm you and destroy you in this world are now being used by the sovereign power of God to benefit you. That's what it means to be more than conquerors, as Paul says in Romans eight thirty seven. Basically, the worst thing that can happen to you in this world being death, that's what everyone fears, all right? It's now, you have victory over that. It's been conquered. It's lost its sting, as, it, as Paul says. Like, like the, 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 the bad part of it's gone because you're just moving up. You're moving on to the next thing. So if the worst thing that could happen to you has all of a sudden been worked for your benefit, what is there to be afraid of, all right? 
But we got to remind ourselves of that. We got to tell ourselves that in the moment of this thing that seems uncomfortable and hard, that you know what? Here's the thing. I'm a child of God, and He is going to work this for my good. I I know I'll see that, and so that gives you the faith to persevere and endure. And again, at the time, it, it's not going to feel like a benefit, all right? Because nobody likes going through hard things, and we're not expected to enjoy the actual hard things ourselves but we rejoice in the promise we have peace in the promise okay and in the end it's always going to prove to be true paul tells us this in second corinthians 4 16 through 18 where he says that is why we never give up though our bodies are dying and our spirits are being renewed every or our spirits are being renewed every day that's what it feels like in life sometimes because of the hard things like you're dying or like you're 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 being deteriorated if you will with your old like me, you're getting older, then you definitely feel like you're dying, like your body just isn't doing what it's used to. But having said that, what's really happening is your spirit is being, you're being made more like Jesus. It's being renewed every day. So like on the seeing world, it feels like things are getting harder and worse, but in, in God's kingdom, which you're a part of, you're being made more like Jesus. You're being prepared for perfection, which you're going to be when you're with him, okay? So that's what we need to remember. And he goes on in verse 17 there and says, For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So it doesn't feel like they're small and it doesn't feel like they're not lasting very long because we're in the midst of them right now. But when we get to heaven... In eternity, as in forever, all right, you know, our life here on this earth is a drop in the bucket, okay? So it's, it, we'll see it then. Right now we believe it in faith, but then we'll see it and we'll recognize, man, that, that was just so worth what we had to go through to get to where we're at right now. And when we see what it produced for us to enjoy for all eternity, okay? So he says the result of this, knowing these truths, we've got to remind ourselves of those truths, verse 18. So we don't look at the troubles we can see right now. But rather we fix our gaze on the things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. It kind of a, it's like when you look forward to something in life, alright? Like, I look forward to, um, vacations to warm places because of what's happening behind me, right? But mainly because of the rain we have every day. But looking forward to that, in a sense, helps me have joy amongst the, the gray skies every day, alright? So even to a greater degree, we have so much to look forward to in eternity, and that's what keeps us moving forward. That's why Jesus says, you know, like talking about the things that would happen as he get, we get closer to his return. He, he says, when you see these things happening, look up. You know, like, don't focus on the negative. Look up at the reality of heaven and what is coming for you. You know, like, we got to remind ourselves of that daily and the things we struggle with. Because that's where our hope is, our sure expectation of coming good. And then he goes, and uh, Paul goes on to tell us, like kind of a process for fixing our eyes on things above in Philippians 4, 6 through 9. I'm going to read this whole thing and then I'll kind of break it down simply in, into this process that will help you fix your mind on things above so you experience peace, all right? He says in Philippians 4, starting in verse 6, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything, all right? Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. 
Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. So there's a fourfold process there that he says is the key to experiencing peace. Number one, pray instead of worrying. Number two, thank him for his past faithfulness. Number three, meditate on truth. And number four, be busy for the Lord, all right? So the first thing he talks about, instead of worrying, pray about everything. So when you have that tendency to worry, when you when you recognize that you're thinking about thing and you're worrying about you know something bad that could happen, he says at that moment, you need to take captive of that thought and you need to pray instead. Pray, you need to give it to God. You need to bring this thing to God. And he says, tell God what you need. Be honest with him. Tell him what you're struggling with. You know, what, you know, ask him help to believe in his promises. And then he goes on to say, thank him for all he's done. So as you pray, you know, part of that prayer process is to remember his past faithfulness. And as I say often, it'll give you a present trust. Because if he's been nothing but faithful to keep his promises, why is he going to fail you now? He's not going to, all right? So you pray, you you tell him what you're worried of, you ask him to help you, and then you thank him for the past faithfulness he's shown in your life, all right? So you pray, and then you thank, and then he says, you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. Again, it, it's not it's it's not like anything in this world. It's not based on your circumstances. It's, it's based in him, the one you're putting your faith and trust in that your hopes in, okay? And then his peace will guard your hearts and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. Like, the, that's our weak spots that Satan goes after. He tries to get our minds thinking, you know, on negative things. He whispers lies to us and he wants us to believe him. And so that guards you, your mind, okay? But then he goes on, and this is, this is the second half of this passage that kind of gets left out sometimes. And he says, now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So basically, think about the truths of God's word, of who he says you are, of his plans for you as his child, of his promises. So when you pray and when you think of his past faithfulness, it will help you get to a point where you can start meditating on truth. All right. You can start thinking about the reality, you know, because there's this lie in your head that is producing fear and you gotta you gotta confront that lie with the truth like no 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 this isn't true this is what god says is true all right and you gotta kind of keep telling yourself these things like really thinking about these things fixing your thoughts on them like because like just doing it like once that isn't always going to uh expel that lie in your head you gotta keep confronting it as as that lie tries to persist as the enemy tries to get you to believe it or your flesh is trying to get you to believe it you stick with it and you, you preach to yourself the truth of God's word. That's why it's so important to be in it daily. That's why it's so important to memorize it and understand it. So you, you can basically take captive of your thoughts. Those wrong thoughts, you come back with truth until you actually believe them yourself. All right? And then the last part here, and this is key too. Keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing. So keep Keep doing what God says we should do. Keep being a doer of the word. And, and this is important because what we experience sometimes is when we're having anxiousness and worry, it's like we have this tendency to not want to do anything. We have this tendency to kind of, you know, like I said, I, it's like seeing this in, in my my family that was dealing with this, like kind of be like de- 
debilitated where they're just like, I can't get up. I'm, I'm sick. And, and, and it's like, no, you need to get up. You need to keep going. The, the, this is trying to keep you from doing what the God wants you to do. So you've got to resist the devil. So hopefully you've got to will yourself in faith to move forward. And then God will give you the grace to persevere and endure through it. All right. And, and the enemy wants you just complacent. And, and the problem with being complacent is that's where you really your your thoughts can get the best of you because you just have nothing else to do but think. I often say that I'm doing best in my relationship with the Lord, experiencing these things like joy, peace, and, and the things he has for me when I'm really busy for him because I just don't have time to listen to the enemy's lies. You know, I'm so focused on him. It's like I, I'm not even listening to that junk. And so that's like our worst enemy to kind of like just isolate ourselves and, and, and not do anything when we're feeling anxious and worried, we need to get around other believers. We need to be out serving the Lord. We need to be busy for him. All right. So those four things right there. And then at the end of that, he says, then the God of peace will be with you. I mean, he's with us all the time, but we'll really experience him and experience the peace he brings to us. When we pray instead of worrying, thank him for past faithfulness, meditate on truth and be busy for the Lord. All right. So as we go into this new year with a month dedicated to seeking the Lord to teach us to pray, culminated by our week of, of prayer and fasting, what better way to do it than to initially, this week, look to the Lord to bring peace to our lives by doing what First uh, Peter says in First Peter 5, 6-7, humbling ourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Basically, in humility, understanding that we can't handle any of this stuff that we're worrying about ourselves. We go to God because he's mighty and he's capable of dealing with anything better than we can. And there's nothing too big for him to handle. So in humility, we acknowledge that we go to him and we cast our care to him. Knowing he cares for us is demonstrated by him sending his son to die for us on the cross. We know he loves us. So we know he cares about everything in our lives. So we go to him, we cast it to him, and then we trust him that at the right time because timing is always a thing with God and he only knows what that right time is, that perfect timing. He will uh, lift us up in honor. He'll bring us to, he'll answer our prayer and bring us to a place of where we're better off than we were before. And this this peace we have in Jesus, you know, again, it, as we do this, this peace we have in Jesus, this is the theme the Lord put on my heart for our week of prayer and fasting is I truly believe he's wanting to teach us not to just say we theologically believe we have peace in Jesus, but to learn to consistently live it out in our lives, to experience it. Because here's the thing, what I've noticed is, and myself included, far too many of us believers live in fear and worry too much in our lives. It's something the Lord has saved and delivered us and given us victory in and that he wants us to live in, not just when we get into heaven, but right now. So it's something that he's trying to teach us and we need to learn. And I really believe he wants to do that in this next month. And so this first week leading up to it, I would encourage you guys that to take the time to, if you're struggling with worrying and anxiousness, to figure out what it is that you're worried about. And when I say that is figure out that worst case scenario. You really have to kind of go down a path and go like, be honest with God going like, well, this is what I'm worried about. If this thing works out this way, then I don't see how you can be good, you know, because this is the absolute most horrible thing that could happen to me. Be honest with God. He's a big boy. He can handle that. But figure out what it is that you are so worried about happening 
And then ask God to help you believe the truth, because this is truth, whether you believe it or not. But the truth is that even if that worst case scenario happens, he's going to be good in it. He's going to be good into you. That thing might not be good, but he's going to work it for you. Good. Ask him to help you believe that. Because here's the thing. If you can believe that in that worst case scenario that you're worried of, God's going to be good. You've removed all of the enemy's potential power um, to tempt you to be fearful. Because as he's whispering that lie to you, basically you can just say, so what? God's going to be good. I trust him. He's been nothing but good. He's been nothing but faithful. I believe that he's going to continue to do that. And then that's that's what it looks like to resist the devil. And you do that long enough, he'll flee. He'll give up and go to somebody else and try to get them to believe the lies he wants them to believe. And not saying he won't come back, but all that to say is that that's the process. That's what God gives us to experience this peace, all right? And reminding ourselves, man, God's never given us a reason to doubt him. He's never given us a reason not to have faith and trust him. And we and, and we follow kind of these this pattern, all right? Like, again, we pray and and, and we, we thank him for his past faithfulness. We meditate on truth and then we be busy for the Lord, all right? So I'm I'm praying for you guys that you're able to experience that this week. That you're able to live in that peace and this, this month as we go into it, it's something that really the Lord kind of teaches us, um, in this next year to even a greater degree to live in that peace that He wants for us. And, um, one last thing, um, uh, before, before I kind of cut this t- today at the hearing of this good news, which was so awesome, right? Um, that we're saved. In, 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 in what we're celebrating at Christmas, the birth of Jesus allowed this for us to be saved. And through our salvation, we have great joy. We have peace at the hearing of this good news. The, the shepherds go away doing something that's pretty, pretty rational. In Luke 2.20, the shepherds go back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. They go away thanking God. They go away praising God just for being Jesus being born in, in what was going to happen through before they ever experienced it in their life. The promises, they're just thanking him preemptively, having faith that God is going to do everything that he said. All right. And likewise, we want to do that same thing. We want to take that time to thank God. And so next Sunday is going to be our second annual day of remembrance. If you guys uh, were here last year, if you guys remember, we took some time to look at the word and an example of God's people taking the time to remember uh, his past faithfulness. And basically what, there were three things. They 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 thought and they thanked and then they tell. They, they thought, they took the time to thought, think about what God did in, in, in how he kept a promise, how he was faithful in their lives. Because we don't always do that. We just kind of, you know, we pray and then we kind of glance past as God's faithful. But we want to think about those areas of past faithfulness and then we want to take the time to thank God for them, all right? Because those, you know, when we thank God, it reminds us in the current, in 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 our present life, that He's been nothing but faithful, and it gives us the present trust. So we thank, and then we tell everyone, because it's an encouragement to see God working in people's lives. It reminds us that He's working in our lives. It, it's our testimonies, all right? And so we're going to take the time to do that next Sunday. We're going to come together. I'm going to give a short teaching. Um, we're going to open it up for people to share short testimonies of God's past faithfulness in this last year. So uh, I'm going to encourage you guys, if you have something that you're, man, I, 
I have this great example of God's past faithfulness, like a prayer answered or a way he did something really cool in you or your family and you want to share, I'm going to encourage you to reach out to me, reach out to the other pastoral staff. Um, you can do that on social media or if you have our personal numbers, just text us, whatever. And um, so I know who, who wants to share or whatnot. And I'd love to hear about it personally too. But um, we're going we're gonna to take some time to do that next week. And we'll have uh, our remembered stones, if you guys remember, just like we see uh, with Joshua and the Israelites when they, they cross the Jordan and, and they make this pile of stones is, is a, re, a way to remember God's faithfulness, to, to bring them out of the desert. Um, and we've got a little stack of them out in front of the church from last year where people wrote a word or something significant of, of some area of faithfulness in 2020. We're going to do that same thing. We're going to get those we're going to write and we're going to add to that pile of God's faithfulness. So every year we just see that thing grow and grow and we see God's faithfulness in our lives and we acknowledge and thank him and we live in, in that, that present trust because of his past faithfulness. Amen. So that's going to be next week. Uh, I pray you guys have a blessed week. It looks like it's going to be snowy and cold for a bit. So enjoy that. Enjoy your families. Enjoy this week of rest. Just a reminder, church offices are closed, uh, until, uh, next Sunday. Um, um, as the staff takes a week off to recover from all the holidays and all that stuff. But uh, I look forward to seeing you next Sunday. So let me go ahead and pray, and then uh, you guys can go about your day. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, thank you so much, again, for the peace we have in you, Lord, and the joy we have in you. Lord, again, we, we don't want to just believe these things. We want to live in them. We want to learn them. And you've given us the tools to do that in your word. So I pray for all my brothers and sisters as we look to your word and we obey what it says and follow it we experience uh, the, the fruit that you intend for us of, of this blessed, abundant life. And we live in these things. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, God bless you guys. Have a great Sunday and rest of the week.